welcome to another episode of Staying in Trouble. Adam Short and Eric Humes. Oh, yeah. Here in, uh, we're still in the same office, but we got our own little studio here. Yeah. This is awesome. It's yeah. kind of fresh. I can still smell the paint. Well, I uh, can't wait to put some stuff on the wall, get some of our uh, esteemed guest pictures up there. So, oh, yeah. Start building the wall of fame. So, I, I, we got some UNLV helmets we can hang up there. And you know, get it. Some for those really that saw decorative. me on the Jumbotron, so did a Oh, jeez. I knew little, that was going to come up. Came up with a own little ditty. So, <laughs> our guest Michael wasn't at the game because he, he looked at us like it, deer in a headlights, like Jumbotron. Rebel game? What is that? So, um, yeah, Jumbotron loves me, and I love it. So it's a it's a it's a win win situation. I have never been on. I've never been on. I've never done anything that. Well, my only complaint with the Knights game is I'm not on enough with the Jumbotron. Did you make it on the Knights one? I've been on the Jumbotron of the Knights game maybe once or twice, but on the Rebel game, I'm kind of a known. I'm I'm somebody. Okay, I just one question. Sure. How much do you tip the camera guy? Uh, I throw him a shout out on social media, actually. Is that what you do? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Vegas. It's not always what you know, it's who you know. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> shout out on TikTok? Uh, I'm not up on TikTok yet. So um, so let's talk about our guests for a little bit, Adam. Yeah, let's do it. Come in, introduce yourself, give us a little background. Yeah, so uh, Mike England, um, and I, you don't want to put me on the wall. Uh, that, that will just bring the whole thing down. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I work for a title company, the Exciting World of Title Insurance, Fidelity Title. And previous to that, give us a little uh, background. Previous to that, I actually ran a marketing advertising company um, and was able to uh, do marketing for a lot of local businesses as well as the uh, real estate community. Um, doing a lot of social media marketing, so Facebook, um, Twitter, early early days uh, when you yeah. could first first do Facebook ads is when I got into it. So, and that's what we want to talk about a little bit about social media. We've had uh, we had Tim Dewar in on our last episode, and he is just kind of just a flip side of you. So he's doing social media organic for the U.S. Army for a certain medical uh, division. The 6th Battalion Medical Recruitment Division. And wow. so he's in a big organization trying to use social media for the first time, whereas a lot, you know, a lot of times you're on the flip side where you're, you're with little bitty organizations, a lot of times single agents and trying to compete with big organizations. And so it's great to hear a little bit different perspective on hey, you know, you know, we're seeing a lot of the social media space obviously metamorphose into what it, it's becoming. And a lot of that is, okay, how are we are kidding about our kids having flip phones versus smartphones um, with the future? And that's what I want to talk about today. Like, where do you see, like, the future of social media? Where do you see the future for our kids? There's a lot more backlash that maybe our kids are too digital Maybe our kids are, are too much in technology. And and so there's some flip sides to that where it has actually ramifications on the economy. Huge. Yeah. Um, right now they're circulating. I don't know if you've seen the ad for Nature Valley granola bars. Uh, I've seen a few of them. They're out hiking and they, they're hungry and they get a no. Nature Valley. Okay, wrong one. <laughs> that is the right product. It is Maybe the right product. Slippers. Yeah. So Nature Valley has a campaign right now to get to get kids out and out and outside. And I think it's it's wise. Like we talk about your product and your message. Nature Valley is like, dude, if the kids aren't used to going outside, they're probably not gonna eat a granola bar. Right? If they're stuck at home, it's gonna be gummy bears and, and chips. And a bag of chips, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as much as, uh, you know, we don't, you know, we don't understand some of the ramifications, I think some of the bigger corporations are already starting to see, you know, the influence of not only social media, but of technology, let's call it technology or call it media and, um, you know, and its ramifications, you know, even for big businesses, let alone little businesses as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think there. I think there's uh, 
like you said, some different aspects that you can look into. There's the, um, the business aspect of social media and how I've seen that really develop and grow um, over the, the last decade. Um, and then there's also the, the social or the personal um, type level family type aspect to it as well, um, which has changed. I, when I first started dabbling in social media, I actually worked with um, teenagers. I was a after kind of an at-risk uh, youth nonprofit type program. And I remember having you know the, these teenage kids tell me about MySpace. And uh, so it, it, there was no business. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in MySpace is funny, you know. Instagram is about beauty and photos. MySpace was about the DJ. It was about the music, right? Well, that and a lot of these kids wanted to be able to express themselves in their own unique way. And what it created, what you could do on MySpace is you could actually go in and and code or be able to do some simple simple computer code mm-hmm. to develop your own custom MySpace experience for yeah, people. I remember that. A lot of kids learned a lot of simple coding and got into kind of a little bit of a programmer, web developer type stuff. Um, and MySpace was kind of a, a Kickstarter uh, for, for a lot of these kids to do that. Um, so that was a cool, cool aspect. But there was really no, what we found with MySpace is there really wasn't any tie with, with businesses. There wasn't any r- adults really using MySpace. Um, and then we didn't really see that until Facebook um, really started, uh, you know, addressing uh, the college social aspect. And mm-hmm. then those college kids eventually went and got jobs and careers. And now MySpace is the largest advertising platform online along with uh, Google. Well, I think, too, I, I remember back to those days is, you know, a lot of people, and even today, is like, hey, I question whether, you know, as a business, advertising on social media, is it worth it? And I remember, especially after you saw MySpace go down and then Facebook come up, you're like, well, is Facebook going to go down and then something else going to, you know, usurp it? And is it going to be this constant, hey, do I have to be on every platform all the time? And, uh, and so as big corporations, one of the things that Tim came in and, and he talked about that, like, you know, they actually run analytics and, you know, they share, he, Tim shared with me some of the analytics afterwards that they use to do recruiting. And he saw that, you know, this is what is being used. This is what's being, you know, helped with. And so it's just a little interesting, I think, you know, I think that's what it's always the unknown and people. So people didn't commit to social media. And so and now it's a, a fabric, right? We, you know, we kid about Adam's got the day off because of his boss gave him the day off and and he celebrated that. And um, <laughs> on Valentine's Day, on Valentine's Day, I told my wife it was just for her. I said, this day is all are, about you. Smart. Yeah. I'm winning, <laughs> winning. And uh you could keep your jumbotron. And so, uh, but, you know, realistically is, you know, yeah, businesses didn't figure out even, you know, Facebook space, they didn't figure it out until about a year and a half, two years ago. And so now, you know, things that I'm probably coaching, you're probably coaching as well. Is like, hey, agents, you're kind of, it's not that you're too late, but now it's going to cost you a lot more to play. And so, yeah. and where do you, so where do you see like the future? Where do you see like, the future. I, I think the, one of the crucial difference between Facebook and MySpace actually is integration. Like whoever the person at Facebook who said, you know what, let's have other companies use our API as a login. That person should that that person should be retired. That one idea, I think, has. I mean, even for Google, because Google used that same idea. But Facebook was first to that uh, integration. I, I would say that the thing that we saw with Facebook is that they became more of a data company than a social network, so to speak. I think they used the social network as a free way to basically get people's data and be able to have incredibly smart, uh, micro-targeted advertising platform that they could sell to to businesses, basically sell your data. And I think, you know, between Google and Facebook, they have definitely, their asset is data. Data is becoming 
it's it's the new oil you know it, oh yeah it, is, is your data um, and so I think that is something that they found a way to monetize so when you ask the question of what's the future of social media online type anything um, I I think we're going to continue to see an evolution of that but I also think there's going to need to be we're starting to see more privacy type things come out where you know you, we have to be a, a little more protective of people's data but with that being said there are a lot of things that are able to pick up the data uh, the technology is getting so much smarter that your data is easier to pick up we can have a conversation like we are now and if you have an Alexa device on in the room or even your phone that you have allowed the microphone to pick up our conversation you might be seeing an ad related to our conversation 100% in the next hour. It's happened to me. Freaked me out. But for the first time, we, we have all the Alexa devices in the house. I use them even intercom from room to room. They're all networked. We did all that. One, and one morning, I, I lost some socks. And I told the wife, I said, where are my nice socks? I can't find them. And we had a whole sock conversation. And then later on that day, I get on social media, and I've been bombarded. Even on my Amazon, when I when I log in and stuff, I'm getting bombarded by sock advertisements. <laughs> Serious, that happened that one yes. day, and then I'm getting hit up by, okay, here, here this good deal on socks. Ooh, Under Armour has these socks. And, yeah, yeah, it was kind of fun. I yeah, know. I know. It, by coincidence, we needed razors, and yesterday there was. The razors that I like on on Flash uh, Amazon sale. Yeah, yeah. By coincidence, the one razors that I like that actually shave well for me. But have you bought those on Amazon before? So no. Amazon, no, you haven't. Wow. You uh, buy them at the store. Well, I typically buy them at a large retail box, otherwise known as Costco. <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting. Yeah. That they had your brand. Yeah. So for our patrons out there that would like to support, um, I, it's a Mach 3 that uh, I shave well with. Nice. So it makes a difference. Like, I've tried a bunch. Mach 3 is the place to be. So Okay. Incredibly so, cl close shave. Yeah. So, <laughs> Gillette, if you're listening and you'd like a plug. Uh, I think we already plugged them. Yeah, we plugged them. <laughs> I think them. that's too late. <laughs> yeah. So if you'd like to show some support for the podcast. Yeah, give us some money now. We already plugged you, but now give us some money. Or merch. <laughs> or merch. Because I'm going to need to use them no matter what. So, um, well, well, Let me back up a little bit. Apparently, you guys know a lot more about the MySpace. I didn't know MySpace was still around or even credible in the social media world. Because I've never, I don't know anyone who has a MySpace account. I knew people who used to have one. Yeah. But... It's, are they still around? It, it, they, they are. You could still go to myspace.com. It's going to be more of like a music network type thing. Okay. Um, so it's more of a music scene type thing. So that's why the average individual. So beginning musicians, stuff like that, yes. will use that to get their, their songs and music out yes. there? Yeah, a little bit um, of okay. a platform like that for the music community. But, but yeah, you don't see anybody utilize it for social networking anymore. They're not posting pictures of you know, their family or, you know, what they did on Saturday night on, on MySpace. Okay. Um, and quite frankly, you're seeing a lot less people post that kind of stuff on Facebook as well. Um, yeah. You're seeing a lot more of that kind of activity. People are using Instagram. Instagram's growing at an incredible rate, specifically Instagram stories. The consumer now, uh, whether, it, you know, the, the younger demographic is kind of pushing the envelope for this. And, it, and what you see is that as the younger demographic embraces this a new style of how we uh, take in content, it, the, the age demographic gets, gets older because mm -hmm. we see what our kids are doing. So whether it's TikTok or Instagram stories, we like to get content in video format that's real time and being able to process it in small clips. And we've seen other... Um, other people try to do this, like Vine. There was Vine, oh, for, yeah, a Vine for a while. Yeah. Um, but once again, so that's what you have to try to predict, right? There's a ton of people that hopped on the Vine train and then they got to the end of the track and they're like, ah, it's not there. Um, going back to Instagram and Instagram stories and IGTV, 
I, I personally am a huge IGTV watcher. Like Instagram, I, I, that's my favorite part about Instagram more than the pictures. Um, but going back to Instagram and business, um, maybe on a, a subsequent uh, podcast, we'll have one of my friends. He own, he's the owner of uh, Blue Coolers, which is a competitor to Yeti. Bluecoolers.com slash Jen Mitchell for those for the code. We'll put that in the link. Um, but my friend Marcus from college is actually an owner of Blue Coolers, and he's huge. And the group he works with, is it's, it's this new part of, of that advertising. They call it direct-to-consumer. It's all about direct-to-consumer. And so they actually the cost for direct consumers actually higher than if you just you know made a flask and you sold it through Amazon because those distribution points are already like the the highways already paved versus direct to consumer is more like a dirt road hmm. and so they've so added- you're using previous customers to sell your product yeah so when like like Jen I'm yeah. sure she has a cooler she puts it on there. She hashtags it in yeah. her one of her posts. She's at the lake with her family hanging out. And then in one of the pictures, there's the blue cooler she's sitting on or she's pulling a drink out of it. She hashtags it. That's how it gets out there. Yeah. And it's called direct-to-consumer. And so, okay. and they're seeing a lot more of that. But going back to, you know, social media, society, and business, kind of all that integration between all three of those points is you're seeing different you're seeing a whole different industry kind of spring up because of those three coming together, like how those align. And whereas before, just like, you know, with anything, like when, when Amazon started, it, right, it was originally uh, selling books. And then now you can actually publish your own book so easily, way, way more advanced than you could previously. So, you know, that's, once again, because that's part of that almost that direct consumer model was actually originally built by Amazon for mm-hmm. books, and now people are are making you know different versions of that on Instagram, on Facebook, um, and whatnot. So, I find it fascinating how all this how all this works. We're talking a lot about business, but I want I wouldn't mind going back to what you were going back to that granola bar thing. Yeah. I, I watched a commercial that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, Sunday night, we're watching, the sh- uh, oh, we, we watched an old show, Back to the Future. Wow. Nice. Terrific movie. Man, they don't make them like that anymore. Anyways, there was a commercial <laughs> between there of, uh, and have you ever heard uh, the Truth Organization that's trying to get people to quit smoking, mainly yep, youth? Yep, yep, yep. Well, now they moved over to vaping. And what they did was they want to encourage the kids to video or to record a scenario of how they quit like a funny way of giving up their vape there was a a scene where the lady made this little coffin for her little vape thing and she buried it and that was her way of showing that she quit vaping and then they were going to post it so they're using social media with actually being active wanting with nature valley wanting to get kids out there breaking i've learned the older generation talks, well, we got to break these kids off these devices. We got to get them off of this. Really? Is that really going to work? To me, why don't we combine the two? Beside, want, if you want them to get out. Pokemon and, Go. I was thinking Pokemon yeah, Go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Stuff like that. Augmented or, reality. Or encourage them to like, hey, the next time you go on a hike, TikTok it or, or put it out there. Or, and, then, and then create a hashtag on outdoor living or whatever it is. I'm just making the stuff up as I go. But like that kind of thing where you're combining the two. They already love social media. They love to post. But we need to get them out more. We need to get them exercising. Combine the two. Well, and so and to follow that up, so I was talking to one of the kids we do carpool with, and he's on the Spartan Little League baseball team. And... And they're doing a drive right now because they plan on playing in Cooperstown. I think they've qualified for Cooperstown. And they're like, hey, come out and support the Spartans. And I said, Zach, you got no, you got no message out there, brother. Like, whoever's running the show on this is not. I'm like, you need to start doing some video. Like, I need to know that you're practicing. Yeah. I need to know that, you know, people want to invest in winners. They want to invest in, in, in what's going on. Show clips of the game. Show clips. There's yeah. no narrative. You got to tell a something. story. Yeah. Right? And, and so I and I was telling Zach this, and he was on his phone in the back of my truck, and I'm like, uh, you know, 
like hundred percent. I can tell you exactly what to do, whether you do it or not, and how you if you do it well, it's completely up to you. Just like working out, I can give you a gym pass. Doesn't mean you're gonna be a bodybuilder. So, well, speak for yourself. (laughs) 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 But I mean, so Mike, what do you? uh, I mean, how often do you see that? You probably see that all the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think that, uh, um, you know, when it comes down to building a story, I think that building a narrative, whether you're raising funds for your AAU basketball team or you are going on a trip with a bunch of um, people to, uh, you know, to on a, like a missions trip, for, mm-hmm. for instance, or you are doing, uh, you're raising money for a business, whatever it is that you're doing, we've seen the social aspect um, social media aspect draw, but it's it's like you said, it's building that narrative. That's what we see with Kickstarter, or we see with yeah. uh, some of these other um, GoFundMe Please. type things. Is we we see a cause, or we see something that we believe in because there's a story around it. And what's so great? So there's some good and some bad, obviously, with social media. But the good thing about it is it's a great way to get a collective group of people to be able to see your story and be able to rally behind something. So like your point with Zach and, and, and uh, you know, trying to get, you know, some support uh, on, on his baseball team going to Cooperstown, you know, what, like you said, what a great way, what a great platform um, to be able to um, let people know what he, what he has going on um, in his, in Zach's world, right? We, yeah. we see like my, uh, I have a 10 year old daughter. She loves TikTok. Mm-hmm. And she's always doing these TikTok dances and challenges <laughs> yeah. and things like that, right? And you had the question of how can we merge, you know, social media or technology, smartphones with, you know, kind of going, getting kids outside, getting kids healthy. And that they do all these challenges and things like that. And I think the more of those kind of things that, that we can kind of start to have some of these challenges related to going back to, some of some of the things that are healthy, you know, healthy lifestyle type yeah. stuff for kids, for the family. I think that's where you could see some of those things kind of emerge. Um, we did see a little bit of that with Pokemon Go. It got yeah. people outside. Um, you know, I know that there's still there's and still it blew a all of our data plans to pieces. It did. It was horrible. <laughs> to your, ba- your battery life on your phone just you know you got like a ten minute battery life with Pokemon. I thought Go. it was an in- an inside thing with like. The providers, yeah, because it, it murdered me. I was getting my <laughs> bill like no more, no more. I'm like, Dad, I only got a few more to go. Dude, you're killing me, man. Yeah, that or was. the updates is what was killing me. My phone's not new enough. There's a new update, update yeah. and I gotta get the I gotta get a newer phone to play. I'm like, uh, I really don't believe it's all part of it, and it's not going anywhere. And, and that's my thing. Uh, me being a father of seven, I have a wide range from teenager ready to graduate high school down to a kid we just got out of diapers. So through all of that, I'm not, my wife and I, we're not fighting the whole thing, but we're trying to find a balance in it all. Yeah. The phones aren't going anywhere. The computers aren't going anywhere. The technology and the way we live is not changing. As a matter of fact, it's just growing, as you can tell. So how do we merge a good, healthy lifestyle, a balance between both, understanding outdoors, nature, sports, physical activity, but mixing it with the technology yeah. and, and having it all combined. Once we find that happy media, I think that's where it will be really successful. And Well, another, like, thinking about other avenues is, like, uh, have you guys ever taken your kids geocaching? Well, oh, yeah, that's a great time. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, you know, that's that's actually been around for over a decade yeah and so when we used when our kids were younger we used to go i usually called it treasure hunting and and i think we need to see a little bit more like a resurgence of that would be would you know i think would be beneficial for everyone um i like a bunch of other parents in america got our kids electric scooters for christmas (laughs) and uh and so that gives them an opportunity to go a little bit farther a, a little bit easier here in the kind of suburbia uh, on sprawl, so yeah, absolutely. I you know I uh, also the I think like you said the, the finding um, that that balance. I think there's limitations that have to take place, and 
Uh, my kids hate this because I, I love tech gadgets, I'm like Eric in that regard. I love tech gadgets. Yeah. I love, um, you know, different technology, you know, what's emerging in technology. So we, um, we ended up getting uh, Google Wi-Fi. And it's uh, what Google Wi-Fi. It's like your, you know, your your router or hotspots throughout the house. But uh, my kids loved it because they're like, oh wow, we got such our internet so much faster. Uh-huh. We it, it's it's consistent throughout the house. I got it at home and in, in the office. The the crazy part about it is you get an app with the Google Wi-Fi. So what I can do with the Google Wi-Fi is I can actually shut the internet down for specific devices or an individual kid oh wow so yeah. like like my full control full, full control, control full control nice. so so my if i need to get something done on a say hey guys kids, are, really, kids are big proponents of that system <laughs> yeah. yes shut yeah. it down get the chores done you know and yeah and then all you have to do play and pause it's super easy to use it's a nice. great way to limit you could put it on a schedule so instead of my uh you know instead of having to you forget sometimes, like, hey, I forgot to, you know, have them shut down their phone, and they end up staying up till one, two o'clock in the morning, or twelve, or whatever, and it's on a school night. You know, that's, and then they're not prepared for school the next day. So with the the Google Wi-Fi, you can set it on a schedule so that automatically, basically, the room goes dark by eight or nine. Boom. Nice. Automatic yeah. schedule. Now, now, what about content? Like, can you block certain content yeah. with it? Content like restrictions that, as well. With, Absolutely. Yeah, that's not really good or the kids keep going to. We get nervous because there's a, there's a lot of good stuff on YouTube, and the kids love watching YouTube. But there's also, you type in that one phrase, and you can get a whole bunch of crap, too. Yeah. So we try to keep that somewhat under control and kind of watch them. We don't mind some of the videos that they watch, but some of well, like I just said. So is there ways to control that kind of stuff? There, there's there's some um, limitations that you can definitely control the content. One of the things that comes with YouTube, like we did YouTube Kids for a while, but YouTube Kids was so constricting on all content yeah. that my kids are like, oh man, this is just, this is torture, <laughs> you yeah, know, YouTube yeah. Kids. But even within YouTube Kids, you would it would be somebody that would do like a, uh, a video of My Little Ponies or something, right? And it starts off like a nice little My Little Pony thing, and pretty soon they're cursing in the My Little Pony Kid thing, right? Yeah, so, yeah we ran uh, into that a couple times. Yeah, and so there's there, there still is some of that that you have to monitor. There's still some old school um, stuff where I have to, you know, do do phone checks every once in a while um, and just see, you know, what who yeah. are my kids talking to, what are they posting. Uh, the other thing that we tried out it was a program um, called Bark, and Bark is another app that you can put on your kid's phone, and it does it notifies you whether it's Snapchat, TikTok, whatever, um, but it but it uh, will notify you every time a certain phrase or something that is kind of out of whack takes place on their account, and you get a report every single day of what's going on. With can your they kids delete that app on their own? Uh, you can make it so it's on lockdown. And they can't delete it, and so that's something that we've put in place as well. So my we teenagers have, would hate. That. Oh, they. Yeah. My well, kids we tried, hate it. Yeah, we, you know, as a the Google Wi-Fi is much easier to use. We had yeah. Custodio for a while, and I put that uh-huh. on all the devices, and that one's even hard for me to get off. Like, yeah, <laughs> like the the programming they put into that is really hard to get rid of, and it took us a while to, but it it just slowed the processes down, and. Um, and going back to, I think, a little bit of what you said, like with the, you know, the Google Wi-Fi and, and, and the restrictions and YouTube, a lot of people don't know this, but YouTube makes as much in revenue as the old five networks combined. Oh, yeah. And um, you ask any kid today, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a YouTuber. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Where who, who could have predicted that, that, you know, is actually. So, I mean, just going back like to generational and we're talking about you know, getting out into nature, da, 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 da. You know, there are some people that are able to create vlogs and and you have to be super committed and totally into that. And, um, but if you would have said to our generation, hey, put your life on a video and people are gonna pay you, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, people were like, eh, not gonna happen. I think even going back to being under the spotlight of those YouTubers, a lot of people are like, hey, I want to be a YouTuber, but they really don't want to get out in the spotlight. And something that we talked about before is just because you live your life on YouTube 
you you have to do it both online and offline. Yeah. And and you know, genuine is what you know creates the best content. If you're not being genuine online, you know, people are gonna sniff you out really fast. So Yeah. It's crazy. I got a que- I got a question for you guys. Is oh, whoa. oh yeah. So I think, you know, I uh, the question I have is, you know, when it comes to I you know, what does community look like for this next generation? I'm looking at generation this generation Z or I think is what we're calling it. Community, I mean, what does that look like for these kids when they get older cuz Right now, a lot of their community is so so much behind a screen. I mean, I even have one of my kids will do their homework with another kid um, on FaceTime, and they'll just sit there like silently sometime on, or they'll they'll like be able to communicate on and do homework together. But it's there's a lot less in person. But I still think I think these kids' community is going to look a lot different than than the community we grew up with. So what do you guys think of that? What do you think? Uh, So I was reading a report this morning on Nevada charter schools, and a good portion of those charter schools were virtual. And so, you know, like, I mean, just an extra layer of, like, hey, how much of that is actually uh, plausible? Like, one of my friends, one of my boy's best friends goes to online school, middle school, and you know, we're discussing with him his future plans in high school. He wants to go to high school and then go to either uh, Nevada State College. Um, for full disclosure, I know the owners, they're great people. You know, it's a college prep. Or to CSN and do college prep, get college credit, you know, for junior, senior years. And we're like, well, for Aiden, that's, you know, socially, he's he's social, like his dad. like, And so, you know, he won't be missing you won't be missing a lot of that social aspects because we were, were, you know, I'm Eric, I'm a social butterfly. And, and because of that, my family is very social. Even if they don't want to be, even if they don't want to (laughs) be. Jumbotron. Yes. And uh, so it's funny, it's funny about the Jumbotron. There's a, a little girl from another family sitting next to me and I'm like, come on. I was trying to get, I was like, Hey, we, let's practice our dance right now. I, I can guarantee you we're going to be on the Jumbotron. Stranger and she, danger. And she's like, uh, no, I got to know this whole family, and we're like good <laughs> friends now. Um, actually, yesterday we were over at my in-laws, and my in-laws were like, Eric, we figured it out. Like, in her office, because I co-visit their office, they're like, you know, what is someone that Eric hasn't met yet? That's just a friend he doesn't know yet, or something like that. It was like something to that, to like... Hey, if Eric doesn't know you yet, you're still his friend. He just doesn't know. You, you just don't know it yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but going back to like this moment, she was like, you know, she was like cowering down. She's like, no. And I'm like, we're gonna get some jumbotron time. It's coming. You just gotta be prepared for it. But going back, and I digress, is that was surprising to me how well these online schools are doing. So to answer your question is. So if they could go online for school, which isn't for everybody, but you're seeing success in it, and then you see socially, um, you know, we talk about moving around. My friend, uh, my my son has one of his friends coming into town this weekend. You know, they're on their phone chatting, blah 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 blah, right? And so virtually, that virtual world is actually starting to kind of mesh in with our offline world. And so it'll be interesting to see um, just part of that. I think another part is why is YouTube so successful? YouTube is successful because you'll, I don't know if Adam told you, but he's, he is a somewhat, we call him an average plumber, is I think is what's been every episode. <laughs> and so you're murdering my reputation. Yeah. All well, right. YouTube. YouTube is murdering your, you, you don't have a channel. So we don't know your quality of work. It's not on us, actually. There's no reviews. We need some how-tos. Yeah, we need yeah. some how-tos. How-to. Right? But I can go to YouTube, and I can learn how to solder a pipe. I can go to YouTube yeah. and, and learn how to install a water heater. I can go to YouTube and learn how to install a sedimentary trap. Right? And because of that, it's let all of us kind of do everything. Right? And and so um, I have a friend. He built uh, – I was at a – just. 
you mean to bring it right back down. This is an older generation. Um, we're at a house doing an inspection, and he had a project Jeep inside his garage, and he drove a Jeep. And I said, hey, do you, do you ever watch YouTube? My buddy's got a, a Jeep channel. And he's like, really? And I looked it up. He's got over 20,000 viewers now, has regular subscribers, makes, a, it's kind of a part-time job for him. He's a union electrician by trade, and, but he's grown this Jeep channel into you know 20,000 viewers or subscribers and creates quality content, right? Yeah. He creates, he builds rock crawlers for Jeeps and people wanna see that, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but so going back to what do I think the community will be is yeah that question about 20 minutes ago yeah <laughs> i have i have no idea if if someone could answer that and like mail it in that would be great that would be great well i have a story about it so this was a little while ago my daughter had or my daughters my two oldest are are both girls and they had a bunch of friends over and they're all chatting with girls and i'm in the kitchen and they're around the table talking about boys talking about girl stuff all that stuff and one of them mentioned that how gross it was at school that this boy came up to her and started talking to her. And it's like, and they were making fun of him for the approach, like he was kind of flirting and hitting on one of them. And they said, that's not how you do it anymore today, Dad. Because I stepped in, I'm like, wait a minute, what did the kid do wrong? He goes, well, he just wanted to see what I was doing this weekend, and he asked for my name. Okay, I, I'm, I'm still not catching what is so gross about this whole thing. Dad. Just Snapchat me. Just Snapchat me. Don't come up and approach me. <laughs> Hit me up on Snapchat. I'm, I'm, no, guys, I'm being dead serious. And I'm like, well, wait, wait a minute. So now I'm, I'm really interested in their conversation. And I can see the differences. When I was in high school, I used to work up this crazy courage. I see a girl that I like. I want to get her name and number. I, I, and I had to come up with some kind of a plan to approach her. A sly way so I can look cool and feel good and try to get her phone number so maybe I can ask her out at some future time. So it was all about the approach. It was all about human-to-human contact. How was I going to do it without embarrassing myself? But today, it's like, Dad, they explained to me, Dad, all you have to do is come up and say, what's your snap? And I give them my snap, and then we'll, we'll talk on Snapchat. Don't come up and talk to me about this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh. To me, that was the biggest eye-opener of the generation differences. Just between my wife and I and my older kids, which isn't like a huge age gap. It's not like grandma and grandpa. Close, though. Close, but not that bad. Being a teenager in the 90s to being a teenager in 2000-whatever, it was, it was huge. And, and it was a big eye-opener to me on the difference between the two. To them, it was gross to have a man or a boy in school come up to him and just try to hit on him. To me, to them, that was, dude, he's a pervert. Like, how is he a pervert? He asked for your name and number. To me, that's totally normal, but not today anymore. I told my wife, I said, I will do anything, anything to make sure this marriage stays strong. I cannot be a single man out there today. I will be, I, I would be destroyed. I, I wouldn't be able to... You wouldn't be able to tender? No. <laughs> no, I, I mean, swipe right, swipe left. I think I could figure that out, but, but it, it, was just, it, it was just interesting to me. That's, that's what I see the differences in, is they start the human-to-human contact through social media, then they work out a way to get together, to, to maybe meet up and date. But they, they work out all the information and bugs through social media. You work out the personality. You work out, okay, I will, do I really want to date this person? You look at all their profile pictures. You look at their pictures of their family. You do all this research, and then they get together. Mm-hmm. Where when we were young, we would get together, you had no idea roll the dice, start dating the girl. Then you meet her parents, and then you realize, man, her parents are kind of whack, dude. And then, and then you figure out after a period of time, no, I don't really want to date this girl anymore, or vice versa. The you know, I which don't way date is better? Because the way you just described it, I li- I kind of like the idea of there's some pre-research that's being. It sounds done. like we're going back to arranged marriages. Is, is <laughs> what it sounds no, like. It, it, it's just, I, I guess, just to answer your question, I feel like that is the difference. Yeah. Where time, I think uh, there it is. It's all about time now. Yeah, you've just cut out a lot of heartache. Waste of time, waste of money. I can't tell you in high school how much money I wasted Amen, dating girls, 
paying for stuff and then realizing after getting to know him a little bit, nah, that this isn't what I thought. She was real pretty, but her personality's kind of sour. She doesn't hold a conversation or whatever the case. She chews with she her mouth like open. like baseball. In Adam's case, he's nah. like, if I would have known that up front, he would have been out a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But... Or she's a Red Sox fan. Oh, man, oh, if he would have found oh, really? out she was a Red oh, wow. Sox fan, he could like we could have had this conversation way long time ago. I think they cut straight out the middleman and all the waste of time and get right to the meaty-greedy. And then they can look at the profile. No, I don't want to date this person. Wow. No, I don't want to do this. Oh, he likes this. He goes to this church. He does this. He doesn't even play any sports. No, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Yeah, I'm Leave me alone, and then you wait for the next guy to ask for your snap, which is like, I don't know. But on the so on the flip side, my, did you ever watch The Circle? I talked about it. In the I watch. did. I, I I did. I watched about three episodes of The Circle, and then I'm like, man, I can't do this. I I but yeah. I, I encourage I everyone to watch as many as I did, which were the last two episodes of the show. So you just skipped all the way to the last same two. Same thing. Get right down to <laughs> <in> the <middle. laughs> Man, we, we have product placed a lot in this episode. We have. There's a lot of people out there that owe us some money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and watch so, the two last episodes of Circle. Don't watch the first part. It was horrible. Well, the last uh, unless you like drama, I guess. But it, I thought it was interesting, though, thinking about, okay, I'm, I'm going to be the producers of the Circle. What do we want as content on our show? And they purposely placed three people to catfish the, yep. the, the complex, yep. right? yep. And so that's the only problem with that whole point of, hey, I'm going to cut this out, right? Because for how long you would get on here like, oh, Michael, oh, he's an Olympic athlete. He's, you know, a trust fund baby. And, you know, he'll never have a problem in his life. And, oh, yeah, and he's got a full head of hair. You know, lie, 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 right? And now... I think part of that is with the Snapchat and the TikTok is when you have, like before, it's not just about pictures. It's not just about your profile pic. That's where like having TikTok or having video is totally flips it where you're like, oh, you know, oh, this guy's out kayaking out by himself, right? Or this guy rolls entourage, you know, whatever it mm -hmm. is. It's a little bit more verifiable. In that way, it is kind of like running background check on who basically you are. you're doing that yeah. the only problem with that is like especially i would you know like if i was a you know and i guess we could get some girls in here that went on dates with me in my younger years but uh, like for me we just have to find them yeah <laughs> yeah there's very few russianbrides.com <laughs> <laughs> it is uh you know another product placement yes <laughs> yeah today's happy valentine's day uh just happy valentine's day to my wife uh, I love you. She, I felt like she took a flyer on me. I took, like, she definitely did not get my snap. She definitely didn't run my background check. And, you know, I've been able to, uh, you know, I've been able to, we, we've, you know, we just celebrated 17 years. And it's because Sarah rolled the dice with me and took a flyer. And so I feel like that's where I'm like inside. I'm, I'm like cringing and, and kind of sad because then you're not letting kind of life like you know blossom you know or or you know roll the dice there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, fun in in chaos too so I'm, I'm curious to see you know in the next next 10 years 10 15 20 years does the divorce rate go up or does it go down with this this new way of basically choosing your relationships or does marriages as a whole people just decide maybe I'm I'm a little bit socially awkward. I, I don't really know how to interact with people and I just would rather stay single because I like everything, you know, on demand and easy and simple and I see just the opposite. So having a nephew who's a millennial and so they're married expecting twins is it uh, it doesn't feel like you know, we've talked about some of the different job opportunities on our podcast. We've talked about, you know, different societal things is I'm crazy. It's not crazy, but it's different in the fact that like some of the millennials are kind of caught in this go between where they didn't quite make it to YouTuber stage. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I have to get a real job. And then like, 
I get a real job and it doesn't like, like right now on YouTube, there's all these, you know, $10,000 challenges. Oh, I can't just work today and make $10,000. No, that's not how it works, but you know, and so, you know, it'll be, like you said, I think actually five, 10 years, it'll be interesting to see where people end up. And, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I actually, I think, but going back to marriages, I'm seeing a lot of these millennials who are like, Hey, I'm a gamer. He's a gamer. Like, and you're seeing different configurations of that where they're like, you know, we're just happy doing what we do and rather be like almost kind of cuddling their virtual world a little bit more. I looked this up a while ago and between the 1960s and 70s compared to 2000, between 2000 and 2010 time era, uh, divorce rates are low. They're already have dropped. The reason being, no one's getting married. Mm. I think what it is, and, and that's the only reason why, is, is with divorce rates dropping, the marriage rate has dropped here in America. I think people are learning uh, that they just don't need that traditional type of relationship. They can get together, they can buy a house together, they can have kids together, they can do all of this thing together and, and, and not be married. Uh, I, I think marriage is starting to become like this antiquate. Everything's about the new thing, the new phone, the new technology, the new stuff. The new throttle. Marriage is old. And, Did and, you see that? Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, so I don't know. It, it'll be interesting, you know, to see. I, I, I think millennials are also waiting many, many years before getting married. They yeah. want a, a level of success before they jump into it. Where I think in our generation, you get married, you got nothing. You're dirt poor, or you're still living at home, and you just like, like Sarah, roll the dice. Let's just do this. Let's get married. Let's maybe have a child, and uh, I'm still going to school. Maybe she's still going to school. You're trying to figure out career. You don't have anything yet, and and you just do it. And 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 I think there's a level of growth there. Like you become an adult, you grow together as a husband and wife during those poor, poor years. And then, uh, uh, and then the success becomes really, really sweet. Rewarding. Yeah. And I, I see that as a problem. And I think that's why marriage is becoming like, there's still some guys and girls out there my age that are just barely getting married for the first time. I think there is a resurgence of second marriages. I see like in my own neighborhood, like, my wife and I are one of the few couples that are on our first marriage. And, and that's for like the generation above us. So you want to say a lot of those generations are on their second marriage. And that was surprising to me. But going back to when you end up waiting and you have some level of success, now, you know, having a partner in your success isn't as valuable. And what they don't realize is, you know, statistically speaking, though, being married actually gives you, you know, you're actually more prone to happiness and to success. And so I think they're willing to compromise. I think they're like, hey, you know what, we we can compromise and not have as much maybe or have more or, you know, narcissism, I think, has grown too. like, hey, you know what, uh, I'm this, you know, I'm a I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, or I'm an office manager. Like you said, I don't need that partner to feel some sort of success. And I don't, dis- I don't disregard that either. I think everyone needs to find their own personal success in life. And I think that's just, that's, that's a moving target as yeah. well. So I, I, it, it's interesting. There's a level of selfishness that goes with that. You know, like, I mean, uh, you just constantly think about yourself all the time. I think when I got married, when I was still going through the apprenticeship, I, we didn't have much money. There was a much bigger drive there for me. I, I, and I also didn't get in trouble like some of my other classmates that were single because there, there's a lot of risk there. I mean, I already had a, a baby at home. Uh, it was important that I didn't miss any school, that I didn't miss any work. I couldn't, it was, it, it was important for me to find that success because there's other human beings that are counting on me. When no one's counting on you and it's just you, you can go screw off somewhere and, and, and you know, yeah. you're the only one that's going to hurt. And if you're willing to live with that hurt and you're cool with it, 
then what's the big deal? So I, I, I think there's a value of having that partner during those growing years than waiting until you're already successful and then trying to find that partner. And what you're shopping for is another partner that probably did the same thing. So you got two very selfish people getting mm, married and yeah. then it could have a combination which has started that same website I went to for that statistic of divorce rates down. What, what is also up is what they're calling starter marriages, just like a starter home. You know, you, you kind of get married in lieu of like, well, sooner or later, this probably may not work out. I'll learn from it, we'll grow from it, we sign, we sign a prenup, we go our separate ways, and then, and then we get into a relationship that's like, now, this is for reals. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and you know, we're seeing we're seeing the same thing. Some of the same things are happening in the real estate industry as well. The uh, first time home buyer is getting getting older. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I think technology uh, and social media and mark online marketing and everything that's happening the, within the real estate industry that is, is is changing how that happens as well. Where the uh, the millennial first time home buyer. Uh, they're they're a little more picky about what that's you know they're 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 a little more researched they they'll rent a little bit longer, um, you know the, the the financial investment of building wealth may not be as important right away, uh, and so we're we're seeing a lot of that you you probably you probably see that because um, you you know you see yeah, a lot of people come through online to. Um, interact with you. So, so how is that interaction for you? And, and so, yeah, we see that, you know, time and time again, and that really hasn't changed. Is I call it like chronic renting because renting is is low stress, really, because you're like, hey, it's kind of like that starter marriage. Hey, I know that I want to get into the starter marriage. I know I need a house. I need somewhere to live, but there may be someone else out there at some point that I want to. I really want to you know, having the next marriage with and versus, you know, uh, what I struggle with is, is also finding people like down payment is still the number one obstacle to get people in a house. And so there's some new down payment programs, but on the flip side is like how many of those couples are like saving enough money to not only get the down payment, there's a certain level, there's, there's what we call a down payment, and then there's all these other fees that it costs to get into a property. And and then once you get into that property, like you can't just back out. Like, hey, we sign on the papers, the mortgage comes every month, like religiously. And and so, you know, you kind of feel, you know, you have this another responsibility, like having another kid. And so, but very few you know, first time home buyers come and they say, Hey Eric, I've got 20% down. We've saved it or 10%, even 10% down. I'm like, Whoa, there has, there's been two, there's <laughs> been two in almost the last two decades that have, they came and they're like, we're first time home buyers and we've got like a 20% down. Wow. Yeah. My eyes get about this big. I'm like, you know, and it's because they're very financially savvy. It's usually, to be honest with you, it's usually the wife, and then usually the wife is very financially fit, and the wife is like, no, we we say, and they don't live outside their means, which for Americans is completely un-American. And, uh, you know, like usually when you feel that little bit of success, you know, like when Adam, you know, first got his first big plumbing check, he's like, Shelly, we are living it up tonight, right? And then, uh, and then the car breaks down, he's like, oh. I wish I could have that $100 stake back. But, you know, and that's usually how American is. But, so yeah, to go back to first time home buyers or your know, buyers in general is is a little bit about that entitlement. Like, you know, it, it costs what? It's gonna take me what? Um, you know, and that's why even as of late, the funding fee for the VA has gone up because, you know, right now the VA is a great conduit for people to get into a home. But not everyone, you know, not everyone's choosing a, a career in the military. So, yeah, definitely interesting. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely but, some insight. Definitely uh, some some interesting thoughts and 
especially on social media and our children and this and that. And that's what this show is basically all about. You know, we're just trying to be some good dads and trying to teach our children those, those good things and teaching them to be financially savvy, but also to use social media wisely. It's going to be interesting to me to see my kids grow into this new world of, of stuff and, and kind of sit back and kind of watch how they behave, you know, and um, it, it it's, it's some of it's advice I can't give, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's really weird for a parent today to, you know, you want to give the advice of your own experiences. Well, I don't have any experience with uh, uh, TikTok or TikTok. <laughs> I, I have zero. So when they come back and have questions on that, it's going to be tough. So hopefully our listeners uh, enjoy this show. Um, Just want to tease out. So we're, we're talking about parenting. Uh, next week we're going to have some. Uh, we're going to have a divorced couple on and 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 talk about their adventures in, in co-parenting, which I think will be interesting. Um, They're and, not going to fight, are they? Who knows? I mean, if it's if it's good for the podcast, I mean, I don't want to preclude them. But. Circle season two. Yeah, circle season. <laughs> and so, uh, what's a couple other things we other topics we have coming up? Uh, I'm still working on the health guy. I, I want to get someone uh, a guy in and taxes. Uh, yeah, tax. with tax season coming in, we want to get a CPA or a, a professional in that field to come in and give us some uh, some advice on uh, on taxes. So. So we got a lot of good shows coming. Yeah, a, a, a lot of good shows. We appreciate all the support out there and people who uh, subscribe on iTunes and also leave a review. You know, and uh, hit us up on Instagram. The other good thing is um, with Podbean. Now, since we're on that, uh, you could go to uh, stayinintrouble.podbean.com, and it's uh, you can find all the episodes on there and uh, some pictures. And we're gonna be uploading videos on that uh, kind of thing. Uh, Podbeam sets us up with our own kind of website. So you can catch all the episodes there, pictures, videos, and we are going to dabble into some live episodes. And Podbeam is able to uh, provide all that for us. So uh, go check them out and follow us on there. And uh, always you can email us at stayinintroublepodcast at gmail.com and uh, give us Tell us what we're doing right and tell us what we're doing wrong. We'll, oh, another we'll thing, yeah, another topic we have coming up. Uh, it's it's Valentine's Day today, uh, which means we're about three weeks out from March Madness, and yeah. uh, so we're going to have uh, you know someone from a sports book is going to come in and give us the the sports book side of 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 betting. We've had Will Birch on here, who's Burtz. Uh, a Burtz, who's a. Uh, you know, graced us with his uh, predictions, although he was a 49ers fan um, and, and took it in the shorts over the last uh, <laughs> sports for away. We're going to have... He says he doesn't bet with his heart. If he was smart with that, then yeah. he'd do all right. But uh, So we'll get a little bit from the sports book side of things on, on what they see and what they're predicting and, and how they come up with these crazy numbers that is just, like, it's almost magical. Like, yeah. you're talking about Back to the Future... Which which one is it? Back to the Future Three, Back to the Future Two. Where what? Where uh, I watched all three, man. Where they have the casino, or um, um, the that's big, two, two. Yeah, he has yeah, the big casino, yeah. and he's a big, you know, casino mogul. And he goes to twenty fifteen, and when they land in twenty, I haven't seen this movie in a while, and they land in twenty fifteen. It was very depressing. Because I lived through 2015, and it's nothing like that. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> waiting. I'm still waiting for our floating uh, skateboard. Skateboard, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for something. But it, it, it's ironic how they predicted that everything was fax machines. Fax machine crazy. In the house, I don't know if you remember. No. The, the, everywhere when, when uh, McFly, what was his? Marty. Marty gets fired as an adult from his company. Every room had a fax machine in it. And he faxes it. You're fired in all of the rooms. And it's all spitting out all over the place. I thought... Well, that sounds like social media. You, you've got, or you just got a text message no matter where you are. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had no indication of personal devices for the future. Their prediction was we were going to use paper and still fax everything to every, everyone. They had this thing with faxing. It was everywhere, in the cars, everywhere. I thought it was kind of an interesting. If you yeah. go, go back and watch it, it's, it's nothing like the real 2015, obviously. Yeah, It's like the Jetsons or Star Trek. They... Smartwatches. Yeah. Yeah, right? Some of it they got right on point. 
Yeah. But anyways, yeah, uh, thanks for listening, supporting the podcast. And the other way is if you enjoy this show, tell your friends. Word of mouth is always still popular. So check it out. Thank you, Mike, for...